Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz is on the phone lines with me, as always. We're going to talk this show. We're going to, unless we have more time than we thought, uh, we're going to keep it focused on one debate. Who are Michigan's top 10 players? Who's number one? Who's in the top five? And also, who could make that cut? Who could be in in to move up? Uh, we can jump right into it, of course, if you want to read all of our content coming out of spring ball, uh, heading into the offseason. Uh, we're, we're making sure that we're right there at the front of all the news, recruiting, basketball, whole thing. Uh, lots. Even even though it's the offseason, uh, Michigan has, has become a year-round uh, thing to keep tabs on. So check it all out at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. So, Steve, you didn't make a list. I made a quick list, um, although I actually feel good about it the more I think about it. But let's start with some of the guys who just missed. Um, the four guys immediately out for me. Actually, let's let's go ahead and make it five. Five guys who I, I thought about putting in the top ten. I might have had them in earlier drafts and then bumped them out for other guys. Um, sure. Yep. One is Aiden Hutchinson. Ooh, I didn't have him, but that that is a name to keep in mind. Okay. One is Sean McCune. Yep. One is John Runyon. Yep. One is Uche. Uh. Full disclosure, I forgot about him. He'd be in that. He'd be in that <laughs> list too. He'd yeah, be right there. I, I, yeah, I knew it. Okay. Uh, oh boy. So we got two more. Uh, one guy you I really like. One, okay. We don't need to spend time guessing. Uh, um, the other two. Okay, that's fine. One guy who who I think, if I had a way to, because like you know we watched the whole game, it's hard for me to like, put him there just because I. I I, I had a hard time tracking good plays versus, you know, so-so plays. But Carlo Kemp, I think he, he is someone, I mean, you've mentioned, um, you know, he's got captain traits, and I think he was really consistent. I just don't know how often he was that star, all-Big Ten caliber player last year. Um, and then the other guy, this is more of a, of a flyer because I think he still has a lot to prove at corner, but Ambry Thomas, um, he's the fastest guy on the team. He's very, I could see his ceiling being, you know, a top five player. I don't know that he hits that. Um, but it seems like they really think he can, you know, a few players who former players who've been able to watch practice have said they, they thought he was especially locked in. I know Devin Gardner's mentioned that. Um, his teammates have mentioned it. You know, I think he's just, it's just a, a lot more, a lot of learning has gone on. He wants to be that leader. He wants to, you know, he sees, I think seeing the starting role, like anybody in life, you know, when you see your goal a little bit closer, you're going to be motivated to, to, I guess, give it that push every day. Um, but yeah, those are the, well, I guess, six, because I included Josh Uche. You know, Uche someone really good at one particular thing right now we'll see if he can how many of the other things he can do uh you know pass rushing specialist he had what seven sacks last year so so there's some there's some numbers but but i think i want to see what he looks like as an every down lineman first um sean mccune you know i think i think he was he's in about the exact same spot he was last year i know he he has admitted the year wasn't what he wanted it to be last fall. Obviously, Gentry having a breakout season and clearly being a top target of Patterson helped. Uh, so we'll see. What, we'll see what McCune's got this year. Um, you know, I still go back to, and you've mentioned this his his spark score. You know, which is all the different combine agility events was really good. Uh, the coaches see him as a, you know, if he hits his ceiling, he's Kobe Fleener 2.0. Someone Harbaugh has coached, who's who's doing pretty well for himself in the pros. Tariq Black, I really thought about putting him in the top ten. I just 
you just don't know. I I, I don't I don't have enough uh, evidence. I don't, think can, I don't think there's. A, yeah. I don't think it's warranted for a top ten yet. He hasn't produced enough. Yeah. Well. And, Sorry. I mean, yeah. You know, and last year, he played in a lot of games. He clearly wasn't a hundred percent. Right. So we'll see. We'll he see. Could, he's he's an easy he's an easy could be mm-hmm. pick. You know, it's just. The results have to be there at some point. Not at some point. I mean, he's been injured, right? It's, and when I say at some point, it makes it sound like he's, you know... Lazy, my, yeah. I'd say it like this. <laughs> if, he, if he hadn't fought, if he hadn't had to fought, fight through the injuries he's had to fight through, there'd be no doubt he'd be on the top 10. Because mm-hmm. you'd argue, and we've talked about this before, in uh, 18, or was it 17, he, he walked on the field against Florida and might have been their best receiver as a true freshman. Right. I mean, he was really, really good. Until he got hurt, you know, and he has, he's just, just kind of been a process of getting back. So he could easily be in the top 10 when we talk about this uh, a year from now or after the season or whatever. But he's a guy that's, you know, I just don't think you can justify putting him in there right now. And then last guy, Runyon. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm not a offensive line. I didn't play offensive line. I don't know exactly, you know, if I can't quite tell the difference between, you know, what he does and, and, you know, the difference between him, I ranking the offensive lineman. I feel, I feel like there are some differences and we'll talk about those in a little bit. Cause spoiler alert, the, there are three other starters who made our top 10 Runyon, you know, he really improved after that Notre Dame game, but I do think there were some struggles, um, against Florida Ohio State, I'm not sure how much of that was really on him from the plays that I recall. But he's very good. You know, and he and clearly somebody likes him because he was first team all Big Ten. I I don't know if I would put him in my top ten players though. Which is I mean, someone has to be left out, right? So Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh is there well, I guess we can talk about the next group. But anyone else that's is on your could be list uh you know thinking about guys who because you know you can't put someone who's never started uh in your top 10 but maybe some some guys you're keeping your eye on as as potential top 10 players um like uh i think a healthy michael dwum for mm-hmm. that's a maybe. good one yeah um you know again these guys that was his first real taste last year so, you know, again, if he's able to be 100%, no reason not to think that he's not going to get better, right? So um, so he's one I can think that kind of stands out. Otherwise, I mean, it, you know... Running back, someone someone at running back has got to... Someone at running back is going to probably well, jump right, in the top 15. Yeah, I, I, I just... I, it could be such a committee-type deal, though, where it's like, well, one guy work their way up into like a top 10 overall player this year I, I don't know is Charbonnet you know good in it like he isn't he the one that would maybe are, are we sleeping too much on Christian Turner now all of a sudden you know it's like I don't know so um we'll see again you can only if we're doing a top 10 you know they're there is and especially they're so strong at up front and that receiver uh, other positions are going to be kind of left out. I'll give you the wild card one though. He's not going to be listed, but why not Daxon Hill? Yeah, I was wondering where where you would put him based off hunch. It's just the it's again much like it's actually a very similar situation to what I would say about Tariq Black is like he's I mean he's got to do it first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I I'd struggle to even place him anywhere right now just because least want to hear how he's doing and how he does in fall camp first. I mean, you at least got to hear something. Right. right. So, um, but I could, it could, again, a guy that very easily uh, could enter that conversation when we do this again in November, December, maybe we do it during the middle of the season. I don't know, but whatever. Uh, either way, I think he's a guy that can enter the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So on to the top 10. Let's do 10, 9, 8 first. Uh, a few interesting storylines with these players. Michael and Wainu, number 10. Quiddy Pay, number 9. Kalik Hudson, number 8. 
you know, I think Kalik Hudson actually fell year to year in the rankings. I know, I know you've mentioned, uh, and I think he even mentioned it, you know, he, he just felt out of sorts at times. Um, wasn't, wasn't an injury. Uh, some of it was Devin Bush making a lot of plays that, you know, maybe Kalik Hudson could have made had Devin Bush not been on the field. Uh, you know, we saw a little bit of that in the Peach Bowl. He had 11 tackles to kind of juice up his, his numbers for the season. Uh, Quiddy Pay, feel like he's just a really safe bet to be to be the next, you know, good defensive end. Uh, I guess that is technically a new starter that I, <laughs> I put in the top 10, despite all my talk. Um, but no, I mean, every every ounce of everything anybody said is that, you know, he is... He is just right on track. You know, last year was kind of a bulk up year, getting to the rotation year. We've we've seen this at Michigan for much of the last decade. You know, freshman year you're redshirting, maybe you're getting your body right. Sophomore year you're you're entering the mix, and then junior year is when you kind of take off. It's when Chase Winovich took off. It's if I recall correctly, like when guys like Chris Wormley, Taco Charlton took off, um, Willie Henry. Um, maybe I'm leaving out, leaving some guys out, but I feel like that third year has been consistent. I feel like he's in that group. Uh, Unwenu, really powerful. I mean, he's he's got. It'd be I'd be curious if someone would ever put together a Michael Unwenu highlight film of just some of the some of the bowling ball type blocks he's been able to lay down on people. You know, it doesn't. I know there's still some consistency with his pass protection, but he is just a strong dude and seemed like you know i hate to hate to do the oh well he looks like he's lost weight or whatever but he did look like he lost weight when we saw him in the open practice in spring game which which i think would allow him to be consistent snap to snap um certainly a necessity as they speed up the offense but yeah that's that's my unwainu 10 pay 9 hudson 8 i'm sorry yes yes that's what i said um So yeah, so I'm, I, I don't know. Uh, number 10, I'd go with Ben Mason. Okay, at fullback? So that's the thing, though. Like, no, overall. Because here's the thing about Ben Mason. He's also probably their best special teams player from a defensive standpoint. So I know we, did, we weren't going to include specialists, but I think you can still include, like, the unit. So the reason I didn't want to include specialists is because they do like five to eight plays a game. Ben Mason will do more than five to eight plays a game. Right. So I'm going to go with Ben Mason at number 10. I think just his overall value to the team as far as a guy who, especially now this year, you could argue will impact all three facets of the game for them. See, he's kind Uh, of a prove it for me because, I mean, he is 260 pounds playing playing defensive tackle hey man but yeah but that's he could you know if if he gets off the ball the way don brown says he's getting off the ball um i know i say I this as can... i wrote an article just yesterday and then commented. Yeah, I, mean, I was actually just thinking that like okay here you're just not standing by your uh so, so article there but we can talk no, about that real quick because like yeah he is undersized i do think he's the strongest pound for pound player on the team he might actually I think he has the bench lead among the people on the team, which is, I mean, there are people that are 40 pounds heavier than him. Quite a few people that are 40 pounds heavier, and so he's bench, he's out benching them. We've seen some of the blocks he's laid down. I just, I I do wonder, you know, especially if Kemp, Jeter, Dumfor, I mean, those are, those are guys that aren't, like, good for their size. They're just good. So I, I do wonder how much how much he'll get to play, but but you're right, he he's really strong. He's got a lot of Chase Winovich in him, which you know Chase bounced around positions for a couple of years and then was a quick hit at defensive end. So uh, and he was right. you know he had almost 300 tackles in three years in high school. You know I think he had eight interceptions too in three years. So I mean he's a defensive minded player that right. Harbaugh kind of saw as a fullback. But it was a linebacker. I mean, yeah, yeah. He played, 
I think he was other the other schools that were recruiting him were looking at him at linebacker. Well, Michigan like, was too, and then way. and then Harbaugh well, said, "Oh, and we like you at fullback." Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, I don't know. I think he t- they had plans for him the entire time. He but. told the story that Harbaugh asked him after he had already signed, but uh, maybe 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 that maybe not so much. Um, yeah. But at the same time, so, how can we how can we say? Although I guess you can you could argue at fullback he'd be helpful, but until we see it right the, the prove it on the field sure, sure <laughs> i suppose i guess but again i'm throwing that special teams aspect into it too a little bit as far as a okay. guy who just demolishes uh opposing uh special teams units and makes plays i mean he is a force there you know and um so yeah you're right maybe he has to prove a little bit but i don't care he's gonna be my number 10 pick <laughs> so uh then the number nine already had it figured out oh i was gonna go with nico collins at number nine huh uh, okay came on late right and so i think he's a another guy who probably will be probably end the year higher than he is now i've got him uh, several spots higher spoiler alert see I, I, eh. see i like him at nine so that's where i'm gonna put him okay and then um number eight I actually did start to write these down, but then I stopped. <laughs> number eight. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, we had matched. We matched on number eight. I had Quiddy Pay at number eight. Okay. Pretty much for the same reasons that you did. I think uh, a guy coming into his own, mm-hmm. following the progression, like you said. I think that's a great way to describe where he's at. So. Okay. Cool. So then uh, seven and six, and and maybe some other guys that we leave out of our top five. I've got Caesar Ruiz and Josh Metellus, which uh, that's a nice, nice year-to-year growth for him. And I was really struck with Metellus how how much his leadership got credited. I, I think he might actually end up being voted a captain. Um, I mean, obviously, there's only like four or five candidates, but um, it really, it really just, I mean, it it was really glowing praise for him. And I think you kind of saw it on the field a little bit last year. I mean, he. He, and I think he even said it, you know, people were asking him if the defense is faster, and he's like, it's not faster, we just know where we're going. And I think he, he knew where he was going a lot more last year. I, I, I'm sure you could draw up a couple plays against Ohio State where he messed up or whatever, but but and then maybe that's not why he's not in the top five, but I think he's really good. Um, Cesar Ruiz really could, again, not a not a center guru, but seemed like he... It's exactly what they were expecting him to be last year, which is very good. Second or third team, all Big Ten, and then maybe this year's the year where, where he starts really just being this this guy nobody wants to go up against. I don't. First team, all Big Ten is is possible. I don't know the other centers in, in the conference and how he's. Well, I guess the Wisconsin guy. Um, he's still around. He they they kept their center and nobody else, so he'll probably be it. But. But still, you know, very does has every NFL draft checkbox or box checked. You know, strong, good bend, good size. Really, if you if you wanted to build a center in in a lab, it'd be pretty close to Caesar Ruiz. So so those are my those are my seven and six. Actually, think we're on the same page here. Um... I, I, I'd still think I'd probably maybe throw maybe a no. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm I'm gonna put Hudson at seven, and then uh, Metellus at six. Okay. So I'm a big buyer in Hudson this year, and I don't think it's it's different than a he has to prove it deal because he actually was like playing at like an all Big Ten level at the end of his sophomore season. So yeah, I mean him and Devin Bush at one point were regarded in the same breath. Right, where it was like right. the duo, so right. so, so it just has to get back with, to it. With, no, I agree, and that's why I think every expectation is that he will. Mm-hmm. Still, kind of a mystery. Not to open up any like conversation or, or doors, I just kind of still kind of a mystery as to why he had such a rough, not rough year, but you know, didn't really take that leap that everyone, myself included, assumed that he would take. So, you know? so I have, uh, I have a question. 
this will be the extent of our hypothesizing. But I'm curious to see what he does with his body this offseason because obviously he is jacked through every shirt you could try to put on him. He gained 15 pounds last offseason. Do you, I mean, could that have slowed him up just the step or two necessary? Where maybe, and, and I know, I know teams are trying to put him in coverage more and they knew about him more. So that's part of it too. Uh, so I'm curious to see, like, does he, cause I, do you think NFL teams are looking at him as a safety? Oh boy. Uh, cause if that were the case, I gotta think he'd want to slim, slim down a little bit and just be a right. fast guy in coverage. I'm not sure what NFL teams are looking at him as right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. Something I could actually maybe find out, but I don't know uh, what the answer to that would be. So, then with Metellus, pretty much echo everything you said. Uh, one poor game isn't going to erase all of the strides that he made mm-hmm. last year. And yet again and again, not to rehash what happened in Columbus, but I, I still think that the D-line's lack of rush hurt the defensive backs more than any single thing did in that game. So, hmm. um, so yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you on Metellus. Okay. Uh, so following a your guy, another guy oh. who has steadily gotten better throughout his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like he's a guy that we talk about going into the last off season as a guy who might have to fight to keep his starting spot. Yep, we listed it as a position battle. We did. We right. did 10 position battles now to watch. Like he's, yeah. he's one of the no-doubters, <laughs> right? So that's, I mean, you got to talk about a guy who's gotten better. Um, there you go. Okay, so by my math, based on who you've listed in your top 10, you have th- three offensive linemen in your top five? Uh, no. Okay, so and Wayne, who didn't... I'm not putting... Yeah, I'm not putting on Wayne. He was the one I went back and forth on, but he is not going to be in it. Okay. Okay. All right. How do we want to do the top five? Uh, We can, since our top fives are going to be different, or our number fives are going to be different. Oh, well, we can say them. My number five, Lavert Hill. Who do you got? I'm going back and forth here. (laughs) All right. I'll talk about Lavert Hill while you decide. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, you're you're right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Hill too. I, I actually I'm guessing that ours may all look end, end up looking identical here, but we'll see. I'm gonna go with Levert Hill as well. Okay. Yep. Very. Not too much to say there. I mean, he's proven it two years in a row. Um, I do wonder. I mean, you know, do teams just completely avoid throwing to him without David Long on the other side? Like it's almost like a having a good four hitter behind your three hitter. Where it's like they have to pitch to the three hitter because the four hitter's just as good. I do wonder. I mean, that's something to keep an eye on with the with the other cornerback battle. I mean, at at some point they just probably just stop throwing to Levert Hill, um, which is still relevant. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's still a good thing in in Michigan's pocket. But yeah, whoever wins on the whoever wins that job on the other side, whether it's Thomas or Gray, which I think those three will be the top three. I would guess. You know, I think that's what it's kind of leaning towards. Uh, those other two guys are going to get tested constantly. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. no way about it. But that's how those guys, that's how they got better to begin with. Yeah. You know, uh, how Jordan Lewis got better. That's what we talk about. I, I still always compare uh, Ambry to Jordan as far as, you know, it's just the proverbial light just kind of goes on and it was going to take a little bit of time and Thomas was able to sit behind a, a lot of good players you know and to kind of bide his time mm-hmm. you know so whole different subject but either way yeah Hill number five and, and he has a guy that I think teams are going to avoid for the most part next year um, regarding Hill for those who like to read between the lines and press conferences Zordich significantly more glowing on Hill than the previous two years, two springs. So, I don't know. You know, certainly don't want to like He's buy him <laughs> either, as we know. What's that? Zordich, not a BS. Oh yes, guy yeah, he is so. not. He is not a liar. Yep. Um, or he does. He doesn't do the the puffing for no reason. Yes. Uh, yep. He's. I mean, he's called out Lavert Hill before, right? I mean, yep. he's just straight up said like, uh, he needs to get on the field. You know, he needs to stop skipping practice, things like that. 
or not skipping practice, but sitting out of drills and things. Um, so anyway, yeah, head screwed on a little bit more there. So my number four, because I know you said before the show you might put him number one. I've got Shea Patterson. I think he's he's very good. I think he's probably the Big Ten quarterback to beat right now. And I know people have started doing some of those quarterback rankings nationally. It's hard not to put him in the top ten. You know, I mean, there's there's some projecting that needs to be done. Uh, certainly his his Florida and Ohio State games, like many players on this list, left plenty to be desired. But I I think he's really good. I mean, he's probably, I mean, when was the last time, I guess, Denard? Michigan had a first-team All-Big Ten quarterback. Was Denard first-team? He was, so I think they did as like an athlete, and I think he ended up winning Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. So I count it. I I count it. Boy, man, he was so unique. Yeah, that's a, how many, I think that'll ever happen again. Well, he yeah. didn't really, he went offensive player of the year, wasn't named first big team, uh, first all Big Ten quarterback, but was like they basically created a spot for him to. Yeah, I mean, but regarding quarterback, you know, I, I don't think Brian Lewerke is going to be better than Shea Patterson. I don't think whoever wins the job, was it Jack Cohn? at Wisconsin. I don't think Nate Stanley. Hunter Johnson might put up the numbers. I mean, if he if he's able to kind of be what Clayton Thorson was, but I don't think they would we know put... where, We know we know where this is going. Yeah. It's either going to be Patterson or probably Justin Fields. Well, let me build right? to I mean, it, man. <laughs> but I mean, it's like you're naming all the non-Ohio State quarterbacks is not going to be able to do it. It's really going to come down to what kind of player Justin Fields yeah. uh, turns into at Ohio State. Yeah, which right? could be really Otherwise, good. I think, yeah. I mean, he's he was regarded very similarly to Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously, different players, but it was the same yeah, kind of like these guys are both really, really good. Uh, I think they were trying to build up like a magic versus bird type thing there. Sure, but uh, <laughs> yeah, our our guys, our analysts at twenty four seven loved him. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, safe to say that Trevor Lawrence off to a better start. So well, far, but but uh, but college career, right? So it's not like they were going to bench Jake Fromm. Well, no, I know, but do you think? What do you think? If Fields was playing somewhere else, that whoever he played for would have been the opponent of Clemson in the national championship. I mean, so it's Lawrence is. I just think. Oh yeah, level. yeah, I see so what you're saying. That, I thought that the whole time. This isn't a hey Fields goes to Ohio State. Like I thought that the whole time. Like, okay. Trevor Lawrence had just once every 10 year type stuff there. So that's a whole different subject. But, yes. Yeah, it um, is. But again, fields, fields, fields could be, I, I agree. I think he could, it's going to be one of those two guys. I would assume. Well, and it could be very well be fields. The wild, the wild card of course is Adrian Martinez just because yep. he yeah. was, he was very good toward the end of last year. Nebraska actually finished four and two. I was doing big 10 power rankings last week and it was huh. notice that. I mean, you know, they were losing to, you know, group of five teams left and right, and then suddenly, I mean, you know, wasn't. I don't know if they had a real chest pounding signature win, but four and two is right. better than zero and six well, to start. Well, the hype train is in full force there. I feel like so. Yes. Not just with not just with Martinez, but with yep. Nebraska as a whole. But you know what? It was it was in full force last year. I agree. I think didn't, didn't I thought we had someone in our network that that predicted Nebraska was going to upset Michigan. Um, that one did not. <laughs> Probably doesn't don't need to come up with the name. Anyway, anyway, we're getting off track. Uh, but yeah, no, Shea Patterson. Patterson was like number what? Was that four for you? Yep. Okay, so four for me is Ruiz. Okay. Big big believer in him. Always have been. Said he'd be a four year starter before he even signed. He may only be a three year starter because he may leave after this year if he has a good enough year. So. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, I would technically be wrong. Uh, you know, if he left after three years. But so, so way, what yeah. does he do well that, cause like for, for those listeners and maybe a little bit myself, uh, I mean, what, what makes him number four in your book? What is, what is his core competency? I mean, other than being big and athletic and strong, like, like, is there any, what, what would you say are his part, marketable skills? It's the smarts. It's the, you know, the center 
quarterback of the offense before the quarterback gets the football. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's one of the reasons. I mean, he again. Now he was a top one hundred guy. Everybody wanted him, but right. his like his the that sixth sense. You know, as far as help trying to read a defense, helping read a defense was one of the reasons that Michigan loved him as much as they did, uh, as early as they did in the recruiting process. If you remember, he played at Camden High School his junior year, transferred to, up in New Jersey, transferred to IMG for his senior year, and had a great senior year there too. Uh, you know, the center. I mean, this they usually have the most responsibility pre-snap. Yep, especially Ed Warner. Very, yeah, yes, and. Uh, that was the other thing is that he picked up what he needed to pick up very quickly. Um, and so he's a guy really, in my opinion, at the end of the year could be like a number one, number two type guy. I'm, I've always been a big, big, big believer in him. Like I think he's a potential all American type guy. Hmm. Uh, if, if he continues to go, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's just always been a guy just was a guy I felt like was one of the safest bets that Michigan has signed on the recruiting trail since I've been doing this. Like, just was a guy I just always felt like was going to be a very, very good player. Um, super high floor, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, But with a good ceiling, too, though. Not like a high floor, low ceiling guy, but like a high floor <laughs> guy with a pretty, you know, just yeah. <laughs> basically a house, like a house that is like up in the air a little bit. Like, you know, like the floor is a little bit higher, uh, but the ceiling is also a little bit higher, too. So, no surprise that he's turned out to be a, a good player so far. And again, third year, guys still have a lot of leap. There's always another potential for a big leap there. So yep. I think he's very capable of doing it. Absolutely. Yep. So I've got him. Where, where did I put him? Seven? Yeah, so uh, definitely one of the top guys. Number three, you put him number nine. I've got Nico Collins as Michigan's third best wow. player. I mean, wow. he's he's – He's so I can good. See it. I yeah, think it's totally fair. Well, he also, I mean, he caught what six hundred yards and boatload of touchdowns last year. I mean, it's not like he like hasn't proved. It's not like he's this unproven commodity. I mean, he's he's on a lot of radars. I I mean, receiver regarding ranking the Big Ten's receivers, it's always tough because like I feel like if Nico Collins or Tariq Black or Donovan Peoples Jones went to like Indiana, wouldn't they have like twelve hundred yards or whatever? <laughs> Just have put up these crazy numbers and then they'd be voted all big 10 because people just look at the numbers but no collins had an incredible catch rate um you know he was i mean he's got a great catch radius i think he's got an 83 inch wingspan if i'm if i'm recalling my math correctly um yep it's he's the vintage michigan he's what people think of when they think of a michigan football wide receiver right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought he got a lot faster, too. Yeah. Oh, see, that was – okay. Yeah. I'm almost talking myself into bumping him up my own list, but that was the one thing that for some reason people knocked on him, but I I never got it because we've we've mentioned this before. He was kind of a bigger uh, – what's the right word? Victim is not the right word. Too strong, but of uh, Patterson short-arming some deep balls Mm -hmm. to where – Collins would get separation on a consistent basis when they allowed him to. You know, when I say allowed him, I mean the coaching staff. Like, when they uh, put him on the run, uh, he was getting separation and probably a couple touchdowns that would have gone, plays that would have gone for touchdowns if the ball had been uh, in stride, right? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, speed is the – he does, man. He's got that David Terrell, Adrian Arrington, Marquise Walker – Braylon type deal, like the longer, lankier, yep, go up and get it kind of guy, you know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a I'm a big Nico Collins believer. I'm I'm trying to pull up his catch rate. People don't really track that. I remember at one point it was over seventy percent of Pro passes. Football Focus had it posted it recently. Okay, I feel like they had it. Okay, and it was really high. It was one of the highest in the country. Yeah, well, and, and I mean the yards per per pass attempt his way really high he had 632 yards and um what they don't have touchdowns on that other thing he had six t- six touchdowns yeah two, two against ohio state and given that they have other receiving targets given that they didn't throw the ball a ton 
uh, I mean, I think he could be their, you know, go-to red zone threat this year. I mean, he kind of emerged as that last year. I think he's going to definitely, I think he'd be their primary red zone threat. I think the question for him is, you know, could he be their primary threat, period? Mm -hmm. I know he doesn't, he's not what you imagine in your head when you hear the phrase speed in space. You know, I think that's more of a People's Jones deal. We'll talk about him in a second, yeah. (laughs) Right, of course, right, yep. Uh, But, I mean, he can, we just sat down talking, he can move. You know, and he's going to catch the ball, you know. And so, and the other thing is, yeah, it looked like him and Patterson developed a pretty solid rapport. Not that Patterson didn't with other guys, but there's definitely chemistry there. He's not going to be afraid to throw the ball. So, um, yeah, I like watching him play because, like I said, he does. He's very reminiscent of some of the better receivers Michigan's had the last 15, 20 years. Very similar style. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, can't find his target rate or catch rate. That's all right. Um, say it's very high. Yeah, I mean it, it was higher than anybody on Michigan's team, and higher than a lot of guys on most teams. You know, at least for for someone who's getting the ball that much, right? Like, there's probably some tight end who is the dump route guy who catches catches eighty percent of the passes thrown his way. But but no, I think he's and he. Mm, I guess all all of these guys in the top seven or eight I'm pretty confident will definitely be there all season right like you know if we're thinking who might who might slip I I don't think Collins has as much of a likelihood to slip uh who's your number three well we'll go right in with people's um he's number three again much like the other thing much like me is a impact guy in special teams too which I think is a lot um, it was a little bit of a learning process for him mm-hmm. at punt return, but he got steadily better. And, you know, I don't know. So, easy pick as a top three guy right now, I think, just because of his ability to break a game wide open. And again, maybe, maybe more than any player on the roster, maybe in line to benefit most from the new scheme, I yes. think. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, because he's so athletic. I mean, I've seen him do things that. I still, man, there's that, that fence yeah. <laughs> when he hopped the fence and he was like in eighth grade, but didn't just hop the fence. Like he flipped over the foul. I'll just never forget that. Like, it was like, this kid's insane. Uh, it was like they used to call him, they called him the freak back in eighth grade. He came in and did the, I think he did like a broad jump or a long jump at tennis, uh, at Tennessee's camp when he was in eighth grade. And it was the best at the camp. <laughs> like he was in eighth grade. You know, and so uh, just a guy who has that 99.9th percentile in athleticism. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean, just a a guy who could take over the game if given the opportunity. And, yes, I I don't think they did enough to get him the ball in enough different ways last year. I I think he was probably – and he still had a really good year. Right, uh, I was going to say. But I think he was just held down by more than anybody with the, the way that they run their offense. And I think, again, with that in mind, is a guy that's going to benefit more with this offense than yep. anybody else. Yep, I've actually got him number two. Um, obviously, sure. one, the elephant in the room is the health, the groin injury that apparently is not progressing. There's a lot of time between now and when it really matters, but um, will be something to keep an eye on right Michigan's loaded at receiver one guy who also has a chance I think to be in the top 10 that we didn't mention Mike Sainer still you know he's got a lot of well actually we could probably just list all the freshman receivers they all you know the guys that haven't arrived yet at times were viewed higher than Sainer still so um and Sainer still obviously was a quick hit the the most talked about guy this spring but yeah no Peoples Jones I think assuming health I think, I mean, he's actually my number two. Um, just elite elusiveness, elite speed, elite leaping ability, elite athleticism. I think he's he someone... He's hands, too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know, you know freshman year he had some issues yeah. kind of fending off for d- defensive players a little bit, but, but it's pretty natural. I mean, I think... I think we, um, I, I did the, I looked it up, like, you know, how the top 10 receivers in Michigan history have, have done as f- freshmen, and they averaged, like, 
I don't know, 140 yards. He was a little ahead of that. And then the next year they gained four, five, four or 500 more yards. That's exactly what he did. So. Well, we try, we talk about if he'd had a better quarterback throwing the ball his freshman year too. Remember, there were he was a guy that had multiple mm-hmm. chances down the field where the throw wasn't where it was supposed to be. So. Yep. So yeah, he's my number two. Uh, I think you covered a lot of what it is. I mean, he has that. Well, maybe he's a little different, but he kind of has that same thing as Jabril Peppers, where it's like you could probably put him in the backfield, out wide in the slot, H back. I mean, just give him the ball and like a five yard head start, and <laughs> he has a chance to make a play. Uh, you know, is he actually is the he led the Big Ten in punt returning last year. Um, I don't think he led in yards per return, so part of that's on Michigan's defense being good, but. But still, I thought he improved a lot as a punt returner. The gaffes of his freshman year were, were a thing of the past. So, yeah, he's he's number two for me. Um, we'll see how his health goes or progresses, but uh, when we do these lists, we can't assume anything, so so we assume that he's healthy. Uh, who's yeah, the, no, we have to, we're yeah. operating under the assumption that he'll be 100% by the time the season starts. I mean, right. we, can't, we can't sit here and try to deduce that crap no i mean he doesn't uh, even know right this is one of those things like we're not like hiding something like he doesn't even know what his plans are i know there's some there was a couple reporters that said something like they'd heard he wasn't going to play i don't think any decision has been made yet no not at all i I don't i just i anticipate he's going to play as things stand now Mm -hmm. i'd be surprised so all right i'm going to guess your number two I'm going to guess you're going to go with Ben Bredesen. Wrong. Oh. I changed it up. Did I, did I say before the show that I was going to say Patterson number one? No, I'm going to do Patterson number two. Okay. Um, better season than uh, Twitter Egg wants to give him credit <laughs> for. Yeah, people you really know, hate again. on his arm strength. And I, I know he, he short-armed a couple of them, but, like, he, did, I mean, he can he, still sling it. Right, he can know. I think it wasn't. I don't think it's that he can't sling it. I do think it was fair. There were some deep balls that maybe, uh, you know, his deep ball accuracy was a little off at times. I think, um, but but we looked this know. up back when we were talking about Wilton Spate in the early days of this podcast. Back when I still had the ska music as the as a theme song, and I remember like the average completion percentage for balls twenty yards or more is like forty two percent or something ridiculous like you know like no one's accurate on 20 yard plus i mean it's just it's just a hard throw to make it's that's why they call it taking a shot think about this i'm just looking i'm going down the line of his game log i mean 18 passes against smu 22 against nebraska 24 like just didn't really throw the ball you know wasn't really unleashed mm-hmm Absolutely. To the extent that he, that he could have been, right? And so and he had again, really good Wilson. efficiency during all that, too. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I look at, we talk about Peoples Jones as being a guy who will benefit in this offense. I don't think it goes without saying that Patterson's in the same position. So, um, yeah, much, much, much better season than people. Again, you know, I look at, and I go back to the whole thing. I don't, I don't give one crap about the bowl game. Sorry. People can be upset that. Not ever, but that the bowl game is not really that important anymore. If you don't make the playoffs, um, don't really care about his performance in that game. Sorry, but against Ohio State, still thought the offensive line was the biggest culprit. You know, mm-hmm. in that game, I thought the game was won or the game was lost in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So we just talked about the you know how the defensive line didn't get any pressure. The offensive line, I thought, had their worst game of the season. Um, so, not absolving him. I think he made a couple if he plays in that game, right? But and it wasn't his definitely wasn't his best game by any means. But I still think it was as much of the offensive line as anything else. So, um, so yeah. So he's number two for me. Yep. Which one thing to had to have the same number one. Yes, I think we have to because otherwise, unless there's someone that wasn't in our top seventeen no, that we put number one, yeah. so we have the same number one. Ben Bredesen, left guard three-year starter i uh, don't think he's gonna end up passing mason cole for most career starts just because he didn't start every game his freshman year but 
um, super reliable, um, was voted toughest player on the team. You know, offensive line, we don't can't just roll out these stats, but, uh, you know, he's someone, it never seemed to be his fault. You know, and I don't mean that in like a, like, bad way. Like, that's a compliment, right? <laughs> like, he's, like, he's complaining that it, right. <laughs> it's not my fault. Yeah, not, not, <laughs> like, yeah, he, he, he's not like a narcissist. He's a spoiled kid. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, yeah, yeah, that's funny. No, I mean, but like, you know, anytime Michigan's offensive line struggled, it was always like, well, <laughs> The guy trying to trying to go up the gaps where the left guard is never got there. I mean, I, I just imagining him throwing his arms up when someone else makes a mistake, yeah. looking over to the sidelines. Hey, it wasn't my fault. It'd um, be funny if that happened. He's going to be right. Michigan's first two-year captain since Jake Ryan. Uh, interesting fact, and and those are voted on, not right? Surprised. Yeah, not it's surprised. it's not it's not Harbaugh being like, oh, you know, I love Bredesen. Let's reward him. You know, this is the team that votes on it, and. Uh, think he is him and I, I i could see some other guys entering the conversation but he seems to have the highest draft stock uh you know he he bulked up but like didn't lose his foot speed which i think was significant and, and again i hate doing this so, so i really hate that i'm doing it twice in a podcast but when you look at him he's in significantly better shape than he was as a freshman and he started as a freshman, yep. you know, I mean, he was, he was like a plus player as a freshman. So, yep. uh, you Teammates know, love him. Yeah. I mean, just, he's the, he's kind of the total package up there for them. Uh, again, not one iota surprised that he is a two time captain. Um, actually mm-hmm. funny. He's the guy that felt strongly about like I did with Ruiz actually not as, I think I'd probably, my praise for Ruiz has been more, uh, uh, over the top, maybe. Uh, but Ben is, yeah, I mean, he's a no-doubter. He's really a no-doubter at the top of the list for me, to be honest with you. I, I, I think having him number one is a pretty easy choice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, it, it does kind of come down to what you value because uh, I know there will be some people who will be like, really? Bredesen's your top player? But um, no one has he started more. For, he didn't throw for 2,500 yards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean he's three three year starter. Really, it's probably unfair to say flawless last year, but it was it was close. I mean, again, if someone who studies offensive lines wants to come in and and tell me I'm foolish there, but it, he just, I would try to like see who messed up. Right, going back to the <laughs> whose fault is it? But it's um. <laughs> It was never him. It, it really was never him. Uh, <laughs> so I thought he was. I thought he was fantastic. I think. I think he's the number one player. You know, if someone wants to prove it and pass him, I don't. I don't think we would. I. I, I could see it happening, right? I mean, especially if this offense changes. But no, he's good. And and for Michigan fans, I mean, by now you've probably heard him in a million interviews. But it's almost to the point where he's like, annoyingly polite and reasoned in interviews like he already sounds like a like a coach um but also he like you know he's, he's a good ambassador for the wolverines i think he's someone that i don't know, team rallies around him uh, I, I don't know exactly if they're gonna do four captains or two captains but but he's gonna be a, a two-year captain first one under harbaugh so that says a little something about something anyway take looking at the takeaways of this top 10 a lot more offensive players than any year under Harbaugh, which makes sense because they're returning so many. But I've got one, two, three, four, five, six offensive players in my top ten, including the top three players and four of the top five. Uh, any other any other takeaways or, or things that you're they're sticking out in your head after making this list? No, I mean I think you're I think it's. It's deeper. About it's a deep what group. I expected. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think. Uh, I think the one thing is, I is that I agree that the top part, the top half at least, probably will stick somewhere around where it's at. It's hard to see those guys like falling necessarily, right? So, which is um, which is for if you're wondering what that means. I mean, it means Michigan's probably going to be. Like the variance, you know, it's not going to be unless there's injuries. 
there isn't going to be some, well, this guy didn't pan out, this guy didn't pan out, therefore the team is screwed. Like, they've got some some anchors locked in already that are that are definitely going to be plus players for them. Yep. So the question for me is, yeah, so it's really the more interesting part of it is always who's just outside of that group that mm-hmm. maybe at the end of the year we're saying entered. Like, the big one I think is that I think Aiden Hutchinson's a guy that could easily enter that conversation at some point. At mm-hmm. some point, you know, I think he's primed for a big sophomore year, or Uche, or yep. even a guy like Josh Ross. Like, you know, so maybe not even the guys that we think could get there. Maybe there's somebody who, you know, will have a great summer that all of a sudden, like, hey, look at this guy. You know, like maybe somebody like a what about a guy like Brad Hawkins? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in, in some certain type of spot where he, you know, because he's a guy that's shown it in flashes for sure. Um, or the, of course, the other one is always, you know, as a true freshman. Yeah. Do they find a, do they hit a home run with somebody that's not named Daxon Hill, you know, <laughs> or, or Charbonnet or whatever, you know, like, is there some, is there another guy maybe in roles? What about, I mean, Chris Hinton, mm-hmm. you know, D line, D line is one of the tougher spots to make an, a, a major instant impact at, but right. again, he's a five-star guy. Well, so. and, and think about this in our top seven, which I think we had the exact same top seven. It just wasn't the same order. Um, Collins did hardly anything his freshman year. Hill did not play his, very much his freshman year. Josh Metellus was not on anybody's top ten entering, you know, this time a year ago. Um, you know, so there, so there, there's evidence that guys will step up. At least, you know, if, you're, if, you're, if your team's good, there's going to be newcomers that step up, players who who emerge. Sometimes you see it coming, but sometimes you don't. So, uh, that's all I had to say about the top ten. Anything anything else? No, I'm done. Alright, cool. Uh, for Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Check out all of our stories at themichiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Lots of good stuff coming. Uh, we'll, we'll be back. Not sure what we're going to talk about with our next episode, but stuff keeps coming up anyway this has been the wolverine 24 7 podcast hope you had fun hope you learned something see you next time